you know, you're telling us a lot about the UK and I think that, I think we should actually physically experience it. Yeah, so we should I think, do like a foreign trade. Yeah, yeah. we could do that. So I think the city of Sterling Heights should probably ship the three of us and Dan to the UK. Yeah, let's go. You can show us around. Show you around. You talk about policing. We relate it. We get some training. Yeah. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Get rid of your yeah. guns and do this. Just walk as if it's just... Well, for that week, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll get this it. might be a silly <laughs> yeah. question, I mean, people, but yeah. do the horses have uh, accents over there too? Yes, yeah. It's like, oh, versus, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And there's the opening <laughs> cut right there. Explore the interesting and rewarding parts of police work with officers Larry Reynolds and Kevin Coates of the Sterling Heights Police Department. Delve into their personal stories as they share real-life experiences and discuss programs and initiatives offered by this unique police department. This is Talk in the Beat. Welcome back, everybody, to Talk in the Beat. I am Officer Larry Reynolds. I am Officer Kevin Coates. And we are coming at you live in studio. And by live, I mean 100% pre-recorded. And uh, <laughs> so um, so we yet again have a special guest today. A little bit different from last time, though. And uh, Kevin, why don't you do the introduction for this well, one? Actually, I'm going to pass it right back. Why don't you introduce yourself, brother? <laughs> Tell right. the people who you are. Well, thank you for having me. My name is uh, Ode Potros, um, originally uh, from England. Okay. Uh, were you, now, were you born in England? No. So I was born in Iraq. Iraq. Where uh, at? Baghdad. Baghdad, Iraq. Baghdad, Iraq. Baghdad, so, okay. Um, but I left there when I was six months old, went straight to the UK. So this is a real there. accent that they're getting oh, there listening real, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we do training sessions and accents too. Okay. <laughs> I could put on the American one if you want. <laughs> yeah, go for it. But it's going to be funny. So. Try it. So, so no. when, you, when, you, when you guys left Iraq, was it the whole family or was it how, how did uh, it work? Mom, dad, obviously myself, my sister wasn't born at the time, um, went over to the UK. Um, so as most people know... Uh, in here in the U.S. or let's say probably predominantly Michigan, Chaldeans, you know. Right. Um, so there's not a lot of Chaldeans in the U.K. Is what you're saying? Or? Um, I we'll go into that actually. It's, yeah, it's a it. it's a weird thing actually because so Chaldean is kind of a I guess made up name in in a way technically. I mean, this we're, we're sure, I didn't know this till I kind of came in America. If you if you guys remember the Assyrians. Mm-hmm. The ancient Assyrians. That we're all Assyrians, not Syria, but Assyria. A lot of people get confused with that because mm-hmm. Syria is a country. Assyria goes back to you know like the Babylon times, Mesopotamia, all that kind of stuff. So um, we're, we're the we're the Christians in Iraq, um, and then there's different villages. But for example, if you go to Chicago, they won't call themselves Chaldeans; they'll call themselves Assyrians. Okay. It's a little bit of a different dialect, a little bit of a different, not not lingo, but... Um, they both speak Aramaic? They both speak Aramaic, okay. which is obviously the language of the Bible. Right. Uh, but that's very, like, if you watch Passion of the Christ, that's Aramaic, but that's solid, like, proper, and you, you only pick up a few words, you know? Um, but yeah, if you go to Chicago, which is funny, because there's always an Assyrian convention, it's not a Chaldean convention, okay. an Assyrian convention... Every year, somewhere this year, end of August, it's in. Uh, I think it's in Phoenix, Arizona. It's, it's definitely in Arizona. Um, but when you go, the biggest rivalry is always Detroit. The biggest rivalry, interesting, because the Chicago Chicagoans. That's I'll just make up some words as we <laughs> yeah. go along here. You can the do Chica- that. Here, Chicagoans will call themselves Assyrians. The Michiganders, Detroiters, will call themselves Chaldeans. Okay. You see, when it's the basketball game, or because uh, what the convention does, it's, mu- it's it's like a four day festival, music, picnics, 
um, the last days of sports, you know, soccer, basketball, football, as we call it. Um, the biggest rivalry is them two. When I say rivalry, I mean like, you know, gets into fist fights. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of like not the UK like hooligans, huh? Yeah, it's, it's literally <laughs> that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so when I came to here in the US, which is back in 2010, because I met my wife, I used to visit all the time I mean, since the early 90s. Um, I met my wife. I came over for a wedding at Penis, actually. Um, great I was place, turning up, by the way. Yeah, very great place. So, so uh, Penis was Stunning Heights, um, the one on Van Dyke. I went there for a wedding who uh, my wife's aunt got married to my my uh, first cousin. So I was standing up at the wedding. Obviously, that's where I met my wife, and that's kind of how this story began as to how I got to the U.S. It was back in 2010, got married in 2011, and here I am uh, ever since. But that's when I started to realize it's Chaldeans and everything. <laughs> so, so you came here from across the pond to a wedding. I came here to across the pond wedding. I was standing up at a wedding. Wow. Um, I'd only just been in the police force about a couple of years. Obviously, just joined in or Metropolitan Police Service, as we call it over there. In the UK. So, yeah, in the oh, UK. Yeah. So we, got, I, we got to back up a little bit, right? So six yeah. months, you go to the UK. So you went through all the schools there, public school. Uh, oh, I, well, UK. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I um, was born there, grew up there. School, university, graduated, did all my jobs. Started. What, what city did you live in? The UK, London itself, London. Oh, okay. uh, but a city small called uh, Greenfield. Village, I hear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very, okay. very small. Very, I mean, only like seven or eight million population right now. You know, how how big is Ben? Big Ben? Yeah. Uh, I mean, He's precise like, measurement, I don't know, but it just, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty high. It just it just went through refurbishment, actually, because I went last year and it was all um, scaffolding. Okay. They just read it as blue numerals and everything like that, but it's big, and when it when it rings, it rings. So how so. was it growing up in London? Is it like an inner city? Like, how does, I, I don't know, I've never been so, there. So it's great. Um, you're healthy, you're fit, um, you walk everywhere, you tube everywhere, you bus everywhere. Uh you have one car, one beat up car. You have to have jumper cables in the car because you might start it once a week. Hey, buddy, can you just stop? Can I use your battery for a second to to start start the vehicle? It's it's literally that kind of life, you know. Um, parking is a mess. You, it's there's no there's no convenience um, as in the sense of parking. When I say convenience, um, the big the big difference, I guess, coming from there and across the pond, everything is too easy over here. There's like when I came over here, I mean, the only drive through we have in England is like a, a drive through McDonald's, you know, fast food. Here, there's a drive through everything. You, when I say everything, is literally, you can think of it, there's probably right. a drive through for it, you know. But at the same time, that creates laziness um, a lot. Like, you literally can do everything from your couch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Literally, you, you could do that. Um, I mean, if you break it down you, to the ridiculous, how, how kind of spoiled we are. So, you can drive up to a window with a piece of paper. Yep. Right. Get your prescription. Hand that piece of paper to a person. Get a. You're so disconnected from the process. You get a ready-made burger. You get a ready-made meal, and then you drive away. Then you complain that you didn't Everything. get the straw uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, when I, I came, yeah, you're right. I mean, I came here so drive-through pharmacy, uh, drive-through dry cleaners. I even saw. Uh, I mean, the best you, is the drive-through smoke shops. Like you don't have to get out of your car yep, and get your cigarettes. Yep, yep. <laughs> you got to haul in the uh, yep. air tank and everything. <laughs> so what? I mean, the way I see that is you're disengaged from society. Um, the reason I said, like, when I used to go to work, so I'll back up a little bit. So obviously, you know, grew, grew up there, um, joined the Royal Air Force Air Cadets. Okay. At the age of thirteen. And I did 19 years worth of volunteer service. So I became a warrant officer. That's when I left. You know, so I was in the Air Force as a volunteer. I was a drill sergeant. 
um, instruction going around to squadrons, you know, drill, dress, discipline. Um, worked in the airlines, Virgin Atlantic, Richard Branson, the owner, great, great airline over there. Um, joined the police force back in 2006. So what's their academy like? like so their the academy problem? is um, 18 weeks of training. You start first week of just all the admin stuff, everything, you're still in your shirt and tie and so forth. You know, second second week or so, you start to get into uh, laws, folders, just huge folders everywhere, you know. Read this, highlight this, this is going to be in your test, and it's pretty much it, you know. Um, so you do that, ongoing course, um, assessments throughout, you know, you've done this subject, blah, 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 you know, burglary, robbery. So each one has a different definition and each one has a different uh, you you know you got you got to know your um, commands and stuff like that. So you know identify what's a burglary, what's a robbery, you know what's a rape, what's a, what's right. The, all like the, the elements you know what I mean? of the crimes. We Each call one basically, here. yeah. So um, and then what's the process of the arrest, all those stuff. And then the very last part is going to be uh, your traffic. In UK, traffic law is huge. And then what you do, you do street duty when you graduate after the eighteen weeks. You do six weeks of street duty. So what happens in the UK, whereas you guys are, you know, Sterling Heights, Madison Heights, Shelby, so forth, the whole of London is the Metropolitan Police. And then there's something that we call boroughs. So I was in a borough called Camden. Camden is where Abbey Road is, the Beatles and stuff like that. Now Camden had, you know, three stations. It was Camden, Kentish Town and Holborn, central London kind of thing. So I was pretty central. Um, very popular, probably the biggest drug city in, in, in the capital. Um, so each person goes off to their own borough, and you get shoulder numbers as we as we call them. You guys have the, you know the badge numbers, but you'll have a, you know, mine was EK six hundred. So I love that I got you know it was such an easy number. You don't want to move on because I want to keep that shoulder number. You know, <laughs> um, so that was one thing as well. So you'll get a shoulder number, and you're called by your shoulder number as well. I don't know is that the same it's thing. Kind of like when they call you on the radio. Yeah, the so they're like EK six hundred, and oh, then okay. you respond. So I don't yeah. know how you guys have that here, but. Um, and then that's that's you personally, but then again, each each vehicle has their own call sign, as well. Now, what's diff? What's a major difference is, um, is you're not trained in driving right away because obviously most of the UK is foot patrol, you know. So you do probably do two years in before you get your response driving oh wow yeah you could probably do a year in or six months and you can become a what we call irv instant response vehicle driver that's but you're only a, a reporting vehicle you can go to cause but you can't take and i'll explain the differences but there's something called an i grade and an e grade an i grade is something that's instant you have to be there within seven minutes that's our response time in the uk that's like a high priority high, like it's it's but most calls in the uk are high, because of our traffic that's why you hear sirens everywhere in Europe, not just in the UK, the high everywhere. Yeah, what do yeah, those sound like? like you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's a few that nee, no, nee, no. So, <laughs> so you go Nina, I go, ha, ha, Well, ha, it's funny ha. you say that. Um, <laughs> it was all Nino, Nino till the cars got more advanced. Um, but as I was going back, you become a basic driver. You go to the old, you know, uh, somebody that has a cat in a tree and hasn't been re- Somebody hasn't attended that call for three months. Well, there was a, a birth. <laughs> three months. <Yeah. laughs> I think there's a whole family that You show up, here you go. <laughs> or uh, or a, a burglary that's already happened. You know, they got home, my house got burgled. I mean, there's no suspect on scene, you know? So, yes, it's it's still an emergency, 
but it's not something that requires you to go through traffic and possibly cause an accident or something to get this. You know what I'm, yeah, right. I'm yeah. definitely going to take burgled, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that when that happens here <laughs> that's now. That's the proper Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the real thing. So, you, you know what's perfect about having you on here, too, is not only do you have a much better radio voice than Kevin and I, um, <laughs> also, too, this is called Talking the Beat. And that's what you did in the UK. You were walking a bit. You were we on, walk, you're on we, foot. We talked to talk and we walked the walk. Yeah, that's pretty there. cool. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. So that, your, your um, what's the word? Your goal was to get off foot patrol. You wanted to be a driver. Versus here, I, I, I know a little bit about it. You know, you do your academy, you do your firearms, you do your driving. Everybody's a driver, right? You're all an instant response driver. Then, no, you... Like, I need to work. I want to be a response driver. Why? Because you get the best calls. Because when I first joined, yeah, I did six weeks of foot patrol. Um, we got to do constant watch. I'm sure you guys have had that here before, you know, where we used to watch a prisoner in, in custody and you had to just sit there and just stare at them as they beat themselves or, you know, want to do something. And you're the new guy. Hey, who should we get? You know? Hey, Kev, yeah, so basically you you're doing all the duties that you're doing all the duties that you don't want to do, and you're like, oh, well, so. Well, at that level, you're just a regular bloke. Correct. Still, you're right? just still there. You Everybody knows you. Everyone okay. looks at you like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And Go find Lucy in the sky. She's that, got some diamonds. Basically, yeah, yeah that's what it is. <laughs> and and what's 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 different is every shift you're with a new person because we're always two two man or two person two person crew. You're never really by yourself unless you're the reporting car because you're not really going to calls again. Like I said, you're going to older. And then so so from the basic car. You become, as we call a response driver, level three, where you can go to all the calls, but you can't do any chasing because you have to be a level two or a level one. Those are the people that do the... Um, like chasing Jason, Jason Bourne. And Jason Bourne through the yeah, city. Like you're, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, the one. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what it in is. In a Mini yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Hot stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hot <laughs> Going down the steps. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> jumping up. Um, so the, the, and then level one is the highest response driving that you can be. That's where you become, uh, where you're in a BMW, station wagon vehicle, you're the, you're the lead car in, in a chase, you know, with the helicopter above you. Um, that's like the level one driving. Let me but, pause you on that. Yeah, you said ahead. in a BMW. So if that was here, yeah, that would be unheard of. BMWs here are like, you know, so crazy expensive. Like you made it in life. You drive a BMW here. That's a common car over there, right? Oh, like yeah. So when, much I more common. when I started, so our police cars were something called Vauxhall. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Vauxhall. Mm -hmm. uh, Vauxhall Astra. I mean, the equivalent to that um, would probably be like a Ford Focus. Okay. You know, hatchback is what we had. Um, we don't put prisoners in police cars. So if I go out and make an arrest, we have transit vans. So the oh, transit awesome. van is still on blues yeah. and twos. And the reason we do that is they, they don't go in your car. Um, if anything, we take victims in, the back, in, in, in a car, you know. Uh, everything is so, at the moment in the UK, for, for example, to, not to get too deep into it, but like if you have a, a rape victim, you know what I mean, in a car, you got to make sure everybody's separated. And we, obviously, we know why, do you know what I mean? Those were very, that's very common in London, which is the reason why I bring it up. It's very, very common because of our streets, of our clubs, of our tourists and so forth. It's it's a, probably on every shift, you probably get two per day. And when I say, I don't mean serious Oh my stuff. goodness. Yeah, I don't mean serious. It could be something as simple as somebody groped or something. It's something, you know, not to get too deep into it, but... Um, it's just something simple like that. So we have transit vans whose call signs were like EK, um, EK3, which would be the, the van. And those people only transport prisoners. So at the back, you know, the four transit connects that you said, the transit mm -hmm. vans are the large ones. So you open the back doors, there's a, there's a big cage. So they sit literally between the back door and the cage and then two benches on, on, on each side. We have something similar over yeah, here. For... I've seen, I've seen something, but this is literally, that's all, all they do. So they transport prisoners, um, in, in those vehicles. Um, Taking back to the custody, there's always a two or 
three custody sergeants who were behind the desk, check them in, search them, take them into the cell. Um, then you go and do your notes pretty much. And then so one arrest could take you out of shift. And the reason I say that is when, you see, I used to love Friday, Saturdays and Sunday nights in central London because it's fights, clubs. So you're like, oh, I want to get this call and get that call. The minute you get a, a shoplifter call or a missing person, you're like, ah, oh, damn, just as it's getting busy, I'm yeah. I'm off the road yeah. for four hours. And you're like, wow. oh, man, yeah. Because you're not, so, you know, the process there is for, is pretty extent. You arrest them, take the van, you go back, you search them. If there's no um, detectives available to do the interviews, you got to do that part as well. So you almost take the whole case over. But you arrest them, check them in, then you got to go up and do your notes. Then you got to go do what we call a CRIS, which is a report and transfer your notes into the system. Do all that. So it's a computer system, so it's all, all logged. I mean, that's a good two, three hours taken right there, you know? So a lot of the times, because the arresting officer has to do the notes, a lot of the times if you're the driver, you try not to do the arrest because you take a driver off the road. We're limited, so see how see where I'm going with that one. So if it's you and I together, you're you're the passenger and the navigator, as we say, you're going to be doing the arrest. That way, if they need me, I can still drive and go. It's not going to hold up anything in, in custody. So right. you want to be the driver, is what you're saying. If you can, yeah. And most of the time, you, you are. But like I said, that so that's what everybody works to, aspires to, is like at least get their driving under their belt. Right. So you do two years there before you can move on in, into a specialized unit. So you have to do two years in the UK um, before you want to become, um, you know, K9, you want to do traffic, you want to do airports, firearms, which leads me to one of the only two countries in the world that do not carry firearms. The UK, you guys know what the other country is? Guess. I would have to say probably like Japan or something like that. No, or something I mean, completely. So the UK and New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Are the only two countries that, yeah, that was do not my carry. Second guess. Yeah, I was going to say, because <laughs> it's close, right? You were going to go there, yeah. I was going to say Old Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are the two countries that do not carry guns. I don't know obviously much about New Zealand, but it was like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't carry guns? Yeah, I mean, we don't. My gun is my truncheon, which is the expendable baton, and mace spray. That's really what we carry. Those are our everyday tools, you know? Tasers only came into effect, I would probably say, um, they used to have like one taser or two tasers per shift. I mean, they're really relatively new in the States, too. I mean, yeah, they've really only been deployed the last maybe 10 years. And I was going to say, they know? probably came into effect once they were like passed in the US and they saw the effectiveness of it. it was, everyone carries one now, you know, once you do the training course. Even cameras, same with you guys, cameras only came into effect, uh, I'd say, in the last 10 years yeah. as well. Yeah, body camera. Was, body camera. Yeah, yeah, technology yeah. really took off. A lot, yeah. So... That, that's that's the big thing. So we don't carry firearms. Because, and you probably don't ask this question. Has anyone ever pulled a gun at you? You you just, you really don't come across it. If you do, it's like, it's your unlucky day. You so know it's what very I mean? rare for it's, even, yeah, any, even the gang, uh, the criminals. Don't have it. Have. Knife crime is huge. Yeah. Knife, I mean, we have something called Operation Blunt in the UK, hence the knife crime thing, where every day there's a, a transit van with 15 uh, officers on there. And they go around certain areas. So you, you do something called aid. So apart from your shift, you might be put on aid. Operation Blunt is a big thing where they take knives off the streets. Hmm. So they go around and there's this, um, forgive me, I forgot the I, I guess forgot you guys the name don't of the eat law. a lot of steaks over there then, huh? 
Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> no steak knives. Yeah, it's just over with a fork. That's it. Did you, did you, did you guys carry a blade on duty? No. Okay. No, no, you have no, no. You literally have nothing. It's, it's literally your, uh, uh, like I said, your mace and, and your uh, baton. When you said um, getting knives off the streets, it was such a shock, like a culture shock for me because I, I'm so used to that word being gun. Yeah, you know, like exactly. And, and you're, and so you're where, where saying, you guys will go and find, find, like yesterday, you know, my brother-in-law just came over from the UK and my sister, and we were at Dunham's. He wanted to pick up some. I don't badminton rackets or whatever. I said, let's go into the hunting section. And there's just guns everywhere. Just walk in, buy a gun, and you walk out, right? I mean, not to that that simple, but pretty much that simple, right? You never get that. You can if you have a um, more than a three inch blade in the UK, you you can do time if it's in your pocket. Well, they pocket carry knife. guns in Northern Ireland, don't they? Yes. Okay. So we have a SO19, which is the firearms response unit. That's all they do. We have diplomatic guards, they carry guns. But the, the, so SO19 is like, you know, all the big guys, you know, six packs like us three, stuff yeah. like that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So it's, They're going to see a picture no, of us oh, for the will. promo on this, oh, oh, just oh, letting oh, you know. You, you guys are going to edit this, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I was going to we'll say. We'll airbrush Or how we aspire yeah. to. So, you know, our six packs and muscles. You just got to grow the beard longer. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. so, so those guys, their chest is their bulletproof. You know what I mean? But no, they're... they're that's all they do. They drive around. Let's say there was an armed unit or there's an armed vehicle. They they take over from you. You follow the vehicle at a distance. You do not stop a vehicle. If there's any signs of, you know, firearms, you do not stop that vehicle, no matter what. Um, you report, they come on. We have we have two radios. You have your own personal radio and then you have the one above the, uh, the rear view mirror. And that's the central one. That's, you hear the whole of London not just your borough, because obviously our radio sit only to our borough, just like you guys only sit to probably Sterling Heights, right? Um, but if I cross border, let's say I'm in Camden and I cross to Westminster, um, I can still arrest there. But obviously it's ideal for a Westminster officer to arrive and do the arrest. And Westminster could be just like how um, 19, or, or anywhere, the Quinder and Ryan is separated. You got Troy on one side, you know what I mean? So you're almost like, Move over, walk, yeah. walk the criminal over, and let, let the arrest happen on uh, on Troy's side. <laughs> it's their <laughs> accident. Yeah. No, not at all. I've never seen it at all. Um, that's a big thing, which leads me to the traffic side of things. So I was very um, into stopping people for traffic, and mobile phone whilst driving is a huge thing in the UK. It was three points, now it's six points. Um, it's six points, two hundred pound fine. I think it's even gone higher now. You have twelve points on your license. You, it's it's taken away. Um, no insurance is like nine points, no insurance. So one no insurance is nine points. You got one more try, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, cycling on a, on, on the, on the pavement or curb, curbside, yeah. you know, Not on my like watch, that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but the biggest <laughs> thing for me is mobile phones. And I see that a lot here. And, oh, yeah. and now with well, the cars, it's not legal look, here either. It's just, it's a, not, it's but like I, a, apparently there's some law that's coming through, but. Well, there's uh, been a law. It's just, it, it's like, uh, that everybody has a phone. Yeah, everybody has a phone. But they can the... connect to Bluetooth and speak on Bluetooth. It's, right. That's what gets me is when people are, they're driving, they're talking, and, and you, you would stop them, and there's really no excuse for I've, it. I've stopped know? people literally watching films on their yeah. phone while yeah. driving. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. It's a big thing, and I see that, and it's, it's a big pet peeve. I mean, I, I hate that, especially, and I see people have kids in the car and so forth, and they're just not paying attention to the road at all. They actually, the, the stats, at least as of a couple of years ago, was you're 10 times more likely to get have a fatal accident while texting versus yep. intoxication, yep. which yep. is, because you think about it too, like if you're, if you're distracted, you're not even going to have time to break. People just run into things they go. full steam, you yeah. know, and that, that creates a lot of injuries and running lights and it just, it's. I think people are relying on the technology on their vehicles, this, you know, self-stopping vehicles and 
so well, forth. Well, GPS a, <laughs> is a big one too. A lot of people a big can't thing. get yeah. around anymore. Yeah. And now also in the in the police, with my language skills, because obviously I speak, um, well, so obviously, well, it's not obvious, but obviously I, I speak Arabic too. So Arabic and Chaldean are two different languages. Chaldean never really came into effect in the UK. It's it's almost obsolete. You know, it's like, it's like speaking, I don't know, Swahili or something over here. In, in, okay. You know, I don't know, um, but it was, but Arabic was huge. Counterterrorism was a very, very big thing in the UK. Um, so we have a bomb squad too. But when I say a bomb squad, you know, it sounds exciting, but it's really not. Uh, you just drive around to high profile units, um, you know, depending on where you are. So for example, if you're in Westminster, you can drive around Big Ben and, and you're basically just stopping at places, um, you know, prime minister's homes and stuff like that. If it's on your watch, you're just looking around for suspect packages, suspect person. Right. That's really what it I've is. I saw Hot Fuzz. I know exactly. Yeah, so, you know, exactly, right? So, there you go. How you know, accurate uh, was Hot Fuzz? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. What about Shaun well, of the Dead? Yeah, have you was seen Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, it's, they, they take some things that are pretty accurate, you know? They, they, have, they have to comply with that, but nowhere near. No, it's, it's, no it's, that's nothing near it. Hot Fuzz so is more accurate. So, the zombie apocalypse is accurate. I was right. That's how cultured we are on the UK, is those two. No, no, I'm very no. cultured. Okay, you got no, Led you Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Oasis, right? Oasis, yeah. yeah. The Clash. I said bloke earlier, so I'm in the club. Bloke, yeah. There you go. I mean, you guys yeah. got a lot of great music that came out of the UK. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Oasis is one of the big things as well. Actually, yeah. I'm going to Ed Sheeran concert. He's from the UK. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a couple of weeks' time. So he's, he's Can you uh, carry a tune? No. Okay, good. I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Face for radio and voice for radio. That's yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Arabic was huge. I, I remember going one time on a, um, just on a call regarding a domestic in a home. So we went in, and obviously I didn't have a beard at the time because you, you had to be clean-shaven back then. It wasn't really, a, and the rules were stricter. So I really didn't look foreign, should we say, you know? I kind of fitted in at the time. Um, so we went to a call. I remember it was like maybe three or four of us. Just for, a, like I said, it was a domestic call. But while we were there, I think it was like a Moroccan family. It was an Arabic family anyway, a Middle Eastern family. Um, I remember the kids saying to the dad to hide the drugs, but in Arabic. I made nothing of it, None, you know, just stood there, whatever. Um, hide the drugs, hide the drugs. It was more because we went there, it was domestic, but there was a knife that they found. So I just played along and so forth, you know. Um, and then obviously told my sergeant, time to say, just need a quick word, you know what I mean? So just so you know, this and this happened. Um, so that led to a double yeah. arrest. Kind I of actually had a very similar experience, so... I used to work with a guy, Ronnie Carjo. Unfortunately, he was killed on his motorcycle in mm -hmm. Chesterfield a couple of years back. But uh, he was a uh, um, Chaldean. Yeah. And we were at a store one time, and these guys were trying to get their story together because they were going to lie to us about what happened. Yeah. And they were speaking to each other in, in uh, Arabic. And Ronnie, he was pretty light skinned. He was, you know, he's from Iraq, you know, mm -hmm. but he, he could, yeah, he called it out right away, you know. Actually, he played it off like you said, you know, he played it off for a little while and then Don't at the end nothing, he just right? started talking and they just were shocked. They're like, oh yeah. my God, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's great. They So they used me a lot for, for a lot of the interpretation, Arabic stuff. So that was, it, it was a huge thing. Any language is just like, you know, Spanish is great here in the U.S., right? You speak Spanish, you, you're pretty much, <laughs> you're, all, you're all set. That's regional, there. right? Because the United States is so big. Yeah. You know, Spanish is huge, especially out west or around mm -hmm. here. Arabic around here is huge. Yeah. Right? I mean, Albanian, there's a lot of different. Well, uh, even here, the Border Patrol officers, and I, I noticed immigration, like, you know, when I first came out, it was something I was looking at getting into. And it was like, you speak Spanish? I mean, even Arabic, actually, but Spanish was like the number one right. thing. Because you're probably going to be, you know, on the southern border. San Diego, or not San Diego, but it's not, not as not as great on your first job. But right. um, yeah, so that, you know, so that was one thing, language, language skills. Um, foot Patrol. 
you know, it was actually enjoyable. I, and I say that because you're engaged with the community. I feel here a lot of people are disengaged with the police officers. That's one thing I would say is the bad thing. Um, you know, like vehicle crime is huge and it happens in, you know, I live in Sterling Heights. I've, my parents' cars have been broken a couple of times, my car. Not obviously you guys can help that, you know, people show up and it will take a report and it is what it is. But we, we, we set up a lot of stuff to make sure this doesn't happen. You know, we're on, we're in plain clothes doing nighttime foot patrols. We are just the odd person and, you know, dress up rough. I'm outside pretending I'm somebody else. We'll set up bait cars and stuff like that, you know. So we have a big attempt to, to get that. And it works. Foot patrol is huge. Yeah. You, burglaries, as I, as I was saying, big deterrent. We'll walk around in, in plain clothes. But when you walk around central London, um, even, even in the, you know, and I say central London, but you have, remember, you have towns or villages in London that are smaller, you know, but they're still foot patrol. You Once you see somebody, it reassures someone. I mean, a car driving by, yeah, it's, it, it's good, or a car parked up to try and, you know, give you a ticket, whatever. It's, it's yeah, they're there. But right. I think if there's more foot patrol, even if it's just local, will be great. Yeah. If it's two hours a day, an hour a day. Yeah, that, that's what I used to always tell when I, you know, I was a, a field training officer here. Yeah. And a lot of the new guys say, you got to get out of the car. You got to roll the windows down. Talk to people, get out of the car, talk to the folks in the businesses, mm -hmm. walk the shopping plazas, you know, because we actually have a lot of uh, units that are similar to plainclothes stuff and guys driving on. Our, our guys do a really good job. They actually, we're going to bring some folks on too and talk about some of their successes, you know, some of the big arrests that they've had. And it's a different thing, you know, because you figure the uniform side of it, that's a huge deterrent, right? Yeah. You can't even really, I mean, they respond to the 911 calls, the non-emergency calls and, or, you know, arrest bad guys too, but... Just the presence alone, I think, is what you're saying, too. The presence alone deters stuff that you'd never even—you might walk up on something you didn't even know was happening. Yes, yeah. And then, it, you you know, you— Yeah, and you do, totally you, you do see crime. a lot more in—for uh, example, in the U.K., this is very funny, but, um, you know, we have the phone booths, right? So What's that? The— yeah, before, right? So telephone, you make a call you know, in the there, street. I think there <laughs> is still one or two phone booths left in Available, the city. really? Yeah. I yeah, don't know if there were. We had the, we had the yeah. proper, like the London, the big red yeah. ones and so yeah. forth, you, you know? shut the door behind you? So, Changing uh, your Superman yeah, that was a, Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because, so prostitution in the UK is huge. Okay. Right? So a lot of people used to put their prostitution cards in the phone booths. Um, but it was illegal because you're soliciting for prostitution, right? O over there. If you're in uniform, you're never going to catch this guy. So we used to be in plain clothes and hang around near nearby the phone booths. Looks sounds dodgy, right? I'm trying, <laughs> trying, just trying to get a number. Yeah, I'm doing research <laughs> for work, guys. So dodgy was the other word I was yeah. going to use. Oh, dodgy. And you just already did it. Dodgy, dodgy. Right. Yeah. So they so look dodgy. Um, so you're never going to catch these people because they're looking out for you. But these people would go around with a stack of cards in their bags, and then the minute they place one on, boom, you got the guy or girl, whoever it is. So operations like that, you know, fun, you know, um, bag theft. So the British Museum, British Museum in the UK is huge for tourism, but a huge for theft as well. Cafes near there, people with their bags everywhere. Again, if you're in uniform, you're not going to catch them. But we would set up operations where we just sit there, you know, got my earpiece on and coffee, whatever. And you would watch people and, and you, you catch so much, you know. And like you, like you just said, Kevin, it's... Um, you catch more when you're in plain clothes and because people are really not paying attention to you, you know. But it's funny because people start to recognize your face. So in Camden Lock, where I was telling you about cannabis, a bit, you know, huge for cannabis, um, you even walk by and some of these criminals, 
they know you. They know you're an officer. Even though you've never met them before. It's probably the big hats they make you wear. Well, that's, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> it, man. That, yeah, those they big call things. that a clue in the business cool, over yes, here. Yes, yeah. yeah, those big things. Yeah, those you're plain things. clothes with the big hat. That's the ones. Chin and with strap. The strap, yeah. chin yeah. strap, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's funny you but mentioned. But then you walk by, yeah, sorry to cut you, because you walk by and they go, what's up, what's up, uh, Reynolds? You know what I mean? They would be like yeah. that, Well, then you, know? you just stand next to them the whole day and freak them out even more. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the theft. I went to Europe once. I wasn't in the UK, but I, I did get to go to uh, Barcelona, and then we went to Ireland, actually, too. Yeah. But in Barcelona, uh, so we stayed at hostels, right? And you tell that to people here, and they remember the movie from, like, 20 years ago, where Hostel was, like, a scary movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But in reality, it was the way to travel. I mean, we, uh, me and two of my buddies went there, and we, we stayed at hostels, and it was a lot of fun. We met all these new people, right? But the reason I bring that up is uh, the... Almost every girl on the trip when while we were in Barcelona got their purses or bags stolen at the beach. And then we were like, wow, that's crazy. And then the next day, a new group of females would come in and they'd have a story same way. And I'm like, man, the theft here is crazy. And uh, even me and two of my buddies, we were um, we were almost robbed on the subway. So I guess theft, like you're saying, is just huge. Oh, it's there, coming. Right? Pickpocketing. Yeah. Robbery is a big thing, especially tourist areas. I have to yeah, because even here a lot of the yeah. tourist areas. We got we have we even have robbery cars that are all plain clothes. Obviously, you know, as we know, robberies with assault, right? So big, and then you got to go back and you got to like uh, you bring that up. I was like, okay, was this theft? Was this robbery? Did they use force? Uh, yeah, you know, do I throw this case out? that's how it is. You know, people will try and downgrade a robbery to a theft or a theft upgrade to a robbery. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. All those things you've got to go in there and, and really go. Well, that's what a lot of people don't realize because like here, for, for example, if you steal from a store, yeah, it's retail fraud, right? Right. But if you use any kind, if any kind of assault occurs within the commission of a theft, it's unarmed robbery, right? Yeah. So let's say, for example, you're at a store and the loss prevention tries to stop you and you just run by them Retail fraud. Yeah. If you fight with loss prevention, now there's a something. Now that's unarmed robbery. You know, or or yeah. even if it's still in the store, but it's not for sale, now it's a larceny. Yeah. So there's all these different versions of it, I, right? Which Yeah. I had a guy one time, this is at my another department I worked at. We charged him with armed robbery. He went to this gas station, right? And he stole a candy bar. A candy bar, right? The, the clerk said something like, hey, put that candy bar down. He lifted up his shirt and showed a pistol and walked out. Now the guy's charged with armed robbery for a candy bar. Really? Yeah. Just by showing the wow. yeah, because, because you know, it's a threat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wow. Showed a gun. He had a gun on him. So you would never think of that. And, and it's just, I mean, somebody show a knife. I mean, it's you. You, I would say, out of every ten people that you talk with, three would have a knife in their back pocket. Just get it from the kitchen right. drawer. Well, the scary thing about knives is like the, they're accessible, and you don't have to be some skilled swordsman no. to mess somebody up with a knife. I mean, you can. I mean, We've had police damage. stabbings. You know, they know where to go for because our vest kind of. You know, if you're a slim guy like me, it will cover my whole stomach. But I mean, you know. Um, Yet again, they're going to be showing a promo with our pictures. So. You're going to edit this again, right? <laughs> yeah. Take that part out again. Um, <laughs> take a picture of waist up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they, they know they know where to go for. These these people study police. Like, they know. They know what to do. Um, to the point that they will know license plates for unarmed vehicles. Uh, I mean, um, unmarked vehicles. They, Isn't that they, sad though? Yeah, because some of these guys are oh, some, some of these criminals are actually some of the smartest guys. If they actually were legit, yeah, they they could be successful. They can. Are we funny enough? They go to school in prison in the UK. Uh, they graduate with something. It's funny. So a lot of them actually, you know, come out. Uh, they're a carpenter or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so they do that. Um, well, I think that's part of those, the system. I, I mean, we we have that here too as well. But I think 
if you don't give them tools, what are yeah. they going to go back home to? Right, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, so exactly. I think the education of, of the criminal justice system, I think that's huge. You know, giving these people a vocation or some kind yeah. of yeah. skill so that way they don't have to continue what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I loved it. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, st- I still miss it to this day. I mean, even that I wanted to do when I came here, but it was, to, uh, you know, I haven't dealt with that side of you're carrying a gun all the time and so forth. Yeah, I've, I've shot in the Air Force and we do it, you know, I've, it's not that, but it's just, it's a complete different side of policing, you know. You could probably bring a lot of really good experience here, though, if you if you did get into law enforcement in the states. Yeah, I think a lot of that aspect that you came from that big city, and like you said, sometimes you're a detective, and um, just the way that you were on foot patrol and interacting with people. I think you could bring a great element to policing here if if that's what you chose, because it's a lot of what we don't do because, you know, we're trying to do this to get back with people and connect, right? Yeah, but, yeah. but you actually did it and you walked oh, it yeah, and you we, lived it. And that was the best thing. We used to have stickers, you know, you walk around, you always have stickers in your badge. I met, it's actually, you can even Google and they're really all stickers. It's called, I've met the Met, you know, the Metropolitan Police. Yeah. And you just give it to kids and you make a film. There's a lot, like I said, a lot of tourism and, and it's funny you bring up the, the, the hat, you know, where, and you <laughs> A lot of people don't like to look to wear it. Obviously, we just wear the peak cap. But you're right; the official uniform. Obviously, you know you are wearing the hat, and, and you have to you have to stand there and take it. And they uh, that you can't laugh either, right? No, you no, can't that's, laugh. no, can't, that's no, that's oh yeah, no, that's the guards, on, right? Yeah. Come on now. Have yeah. you ever seen the videos of uh, <laughs> of people messing with the Queen's yeah, yeah, guard? Yeah, and they'll and, push them, and yeah, yeah or they're, yeah. They're, when they march, like if you get in their way, they'll, no, they'll, run they'll you push right you. Over. They'll push you, and they obviously they are armed, you know. So that's Make why, you know, way people, for the Queens. They, they, God, they, exactly what they it is. They have a bayonet <laughs> on there too, right? Sorry? Don't they have a bayonet also yeah, yeah, on bayonet, there? Yeah. yeah, they use that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you know, they obviously call us um, Bobbies is the wild thing. You know yeah. what I mean? I've been um, Sir Roberts Rob- the whole time. Yeah, Sir Robert yeah. Peel, right? <laughs> Sir Robert Peel. So it's from uh, Robert Bobby short term. 1829. Look at that. I'm a yeah, history look boss, at that. see that? <laughs> so that's where obviously that came from. You know, why you guys Bobbies? So that, yeah, so put your Bobby hat on and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we use that a lot for for public order. So over there, you'd be a level one, level two officer. A level two officer is somebody that goes to, um, I don't know how I even passed this course, but you go to uh, five days of training and you got to wear your full public order gear, i.e. helmet, carry, I don't know, I don't even know, I really don't remember how much it weighed, but maybe 20 pounds, Yeah. the, the, the shield, um, full on gear, and you got to run a mile with it. How I made it, I don't know. I mean, Till this day, I think I'm like, I couldn't even, you know, run that far <laughs> right now, but I won't say how far. Um, so you become a level two officer. Now level two, now you start to do big events, public order, uh, football games, oh, hooligans. soccer, soccer. Yeah. yeah. Hooligans. Um, I like well, how you changed it to, from soccer well, to just, soccer. Just, just to make sure you got the right <laughs> yeah, thing, soccer. Yeah. I want to hear your, your, your U.S. impression. Oh yeah. That's I mean, you I... know, so, uh, you go to soccer games, uh, for example, uh, like you guys here, uh, you know, like Michigan and Michigan State, right? It's it's friendly rivalry, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to say that. But we have two big teams in London. Let me guess, Liverpool? No, that's not London. Oh. That's yeah. it. That's Idiot. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. we'll, stop, we'll stop there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Arsenal and Tottenham are like, let's just stone throw away pretty much, close, but huge rivalry. Uh, in the UK, it's if they're religious, it's like God, and then it's football, or sometimes it could be the other way around. It's it could be football, and that's how it's in your blood. You're tattooed, you know, everywhere. On the, so Arsenal, Tottenham, when you go as public order, you're inside the stadium, you're in full riot gear, you're between the between the fans. Outside, there's police horses, 
and expect to fight a serious fight. I mean, to the point where people are setting off fireworks at police horses. And that's at a regular game, not even a championship. That's a regular game. Yeah. Rivalry. Because wow. it means a lot like that. Because in the, so with soccer, the, you know, there's like 22 teams in, in the Premier League, but the first four go to what they call like the Champions League and move on. So it's been like, you know, we want to be above you. It's all about who's higher, you know? So it's huge over there. It's it's not like one game you've done. It's an all-season thing from uh, August all the way through to May, June, you know? Um, so it's big. You're always at a public order event. Um, many years ago, we had the student riots outside the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben and so forth. That was probably one of the most exhausting things I've done in the police force. Yeah. Um, just on water, uh, water, uh, ration packs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. food, quickly go take, and you, you know, you guys have probably worn the, the, the gear, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's hot. You know how hot that gets, right? It's it's really bad. And we're outside the Houses of Parliament. Rocks being thrown at you. Chairs. You They don't care. They'll go for you. Right. You could not take your helmet off that day. Yeah. It was that bad. You know, we've had, they've been to places where helmets are off. But the student... Do you remember when student riots on the TV? The student riots at all? Where they were going around. They were smashing up uh, shops, stores. You name it. And it was just so many people to arrest. It just couldn't do it. You know, right. that, was, that was one of the big things I've done. Um, my very first thing in the police force was delivering a death news to. Oh yeah, that was that was another really good. You know, we unfortunately, this is what was annoying at the time. Is you know how I told you we have an I grade and an E grade. The call was graded as an E grade, as in like somebody's missing, go mm-hmm. find them, versus an I grade. And this, the father unfortunately was found hanging in a tree, but it was fresh, like it probably just happened it was only found by somebody walking their dog you know and i had probably just been in the job a week on street duty i hated my job that day i just yeah, didn't know yeah. what to do i was like you know but there's good sides and there's bad sides to, to the job there's there, there's even great jobs where you make everybody happy and find a missing person or something you know right it, it's great so one of the challenges that we have um here is recruiting right so we're always looking for officers and um we went and spoke with a gentleman at the Caledon Foundation, and he said one of the biggest barriers is there's a cultural barrier. A lot of the families don't want their kids to get into law enforcement because they think it's dangerous. Did you run into that with your family? Just a little bit, but I think if firearms were involved, 100% I would have run into that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what it is. It's what it's what they, it's, and it's like, where do they want to go? Like for me, I would, yeah, of course, Sterling Hodges great city i love living here i love meeting the people we still i mean but we still have yeah. crimes you know? and I, but i think that's a misconception too especially with yeah. a lot of foreigners it's like uh you know whether you're from the uk from europe or middle east or wherever they everybody the the concept the perception is that america's just cowboys with guns everywhere but the reality is we don't really encounter guns that much either you know correct yeah they used to send new york officers to the uk for training because we we were taught so we had a lot of every six months you're doing your um what do you call it? training? So public like order training, control you know, kind yeah, of something thing. like that. You know, a lot of it we're taught vocally. Talk the talk the suspect down. Yeah, the criminal the down. You know, like the, yeah, yeah, exactly. If they're up there, there. Yeah. you're gonna. But so a lot of that. And remember, you're never alone. So that's another thing. You're never really alone. My mum would wouldn't sleep at night till I get home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, or constantly checking in, and you know, I, mean, I was when did I join the police force? I was probably I don't know twenty. Uh, 23, 21, something like that. Exactly. But, um, she was more relieved that I left than I was in that house, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I still miss it today. I mean, 
you know, I have friends that are now sergeants, inspectors. So from there, you go to a sergeant, to an inspector, chief inspector, borough commander, I've and, seen and so forth. So, I know. I know. You know, oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I, what I'm hearing here is, you know, you're telling us a lot about the UK and I think that I think we should actually physically experience it. Yeah, so we should I think, do like a foreign trade. Yeah, yeah. we could do that. So foreign I think the city of Sterling Heights should probably ship the three of us and Dan to the UK. Yeah, let's go. You can show us around. Show you around. You talk about policing. We relate it. We get some training. Yeah. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Get rid of your yeah. guns and do this. Just walk as if it's just Well, for two, that week, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll get, this might be a silly <laughs> I mean, question, people, but yeah. do the horses have uh, accents over there too? Yes, yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, versus, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the opening cut right there. That's it. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, one thing I was going to mention quickly was, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. You just threw <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, accents there? No, but uh, instead of Mister Ed, it's Sir Ed. Yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. call me. They like they. You know, I have people here. I have a friend who's a cop in Arbor. I say, but people always call us more cops here because obviously we're not armed. You know what I mean? So that's the joke that we get when we're in the US. Like, I'm a police officer. Like, oh, you're a more cop. But it, it's funny, you know. Uh, I guess you go there and experience it. Yeah, it's, it's completely. Well, completely that's different. one of the things with us too. It's like I don't care what you carry on your belt. If you can't talk to people, yep. good luck. Forget it. You know, especially because yeah. let's be honest, people don't call the police when they're having a good day. So you see good people at their worst mm-hmm. or in their worst moment, at least yeah. bad people at their worst in their worst moment. So if, if you can't kind of not be a chameleon, but if you can't talk to people and, and, and speak their language, essentially, then good luck. You're going to yeah. have a long, rough career. You know, going back to your question about recruiting, the struggling about recruiting, um, I think if we were more to do open days where the parents are invited um, show, for example, when I, you know, I'm a, I'm a graduate of the Citizens Academy mm-hmm. um, and there were some eye-opening videos that you saw that it's really not all guns and, and stuff, you know what I mean? A lot of videos um, that Sergeant Susala was showing and stuff like that, they were great. Yeah. But I think if we get more parents involved, not necessarily do the whole academy, but you know, something like that where families of young kids that you know, kids that want to get in, but the family are putting a stop to it, um, like an open day, yeah, you know, on a bigger scale. I know we used to, you know, you have the stuff at City Hall, kids come in, it's food stamp, right, right? Not, not open day as in come and look at a police vehicle, come and look at this, more so. What does a live event look like? You know, show videos of previous stuff and the right. rest, and show the happy stories. At the same time, show the sad stories. Show the stats. Actually, that that's kind of a you just kind of sparked something for me. So that might be a good idea. You've been through our Citizens Police Academy, which people yes. in our I think every you probably advocate that everybody go through that. I mean, it's it's a yeah. taste of our world what we'd get into. But you just mentioned something. So like you had an open day. So like I was wondering if we can create something like that where we have. If there's parents of, you know, you know, 16, 17-year-old kids, 18-year-olds that they know their son or daughter wants to go into law enforcement, but they're kind of weary about it, I wonder if we can put on a day yeah, so where we'll, we invite the parents and actually show them, like, you know, give them a rundown on, you know, what we do, show them around, show them how things work, maybe to make them a little bit more comfortable. Or maybe they decide, no, you know, I don't want my kid going that route. I'm going to try to get them to go a different way. But but either way, that's not a bad yeah, if to you, be if open. You, if you do you know? that, um, see, what well, the way we do it in the, in the UK is they will, they'll come on a, uh, you know, a 30-minute police police ride. Obviously, you're not going to go to a call or nothing, but get the feel of the vehicle. What's my son or daughter going to be sitting in? You know what I mean? Show show a video. Take them to the custody suite. Let them see the cell. Let, let, you know, let them meet the chief. 
if the chief is talking to to the parents, the reassurance, the officers share their own stories. You have a lot of Chaldean officers on on, on the, or, you know a fair few on on the team as well. Um, that that's a big thing. A regular open day is great for the community kids to come and see, but that's just. You know, yeah. Let oh, him, this is a policeman that I'm seeing, right. and this is the police car. This is the firearms. Mm-hmm. It's not different to what do we actually do. Right. That would be a good thing for you. Give them a little peek behind the curtain. Because even with with we talked about this before. Before I got into law enforcement, my idea of what really went on is it's not completely different, but it's a lot different from how it's I thought. Same here, yeah. A lot different. No, it's a lot different from what I expect. Because what yeah. do you see? You see, you see TV. You see cops. You see clips and all that stuff. They they edit. You know the this. The, the videos so that way it's all action or it's all this or it's all bad or it's all good you know and there's a lot that goes in between that it's funny you say that. that's why i became police officer um there was a show called the bill great it's it, it probably references the police you could probably watch it on youtube or go back but that's as close to the police as it got and that's what intru- really got me into it you know um like you said and that's what sometimes people like parents will watch something or, or They'll read, you know, shooting in LA, shooting in Detroit, shooting in Chicago. And that's, and if I'm speaking from the Chaldean side of things, I know that's what's in their mind. Oh, my son is going to go do that. They, they don't know that it's, you're, you guys are recruiting for Sterling Heights. You're not recruiting for any other area. Well, plus the media likes to report on tragedy, right? Because that's unfortunately Correct. what and gets but, the views. But that's the same in the UK. You're never going to say police officer saves so-and-so. And you know what? You guys are great at that. That's one good thing you guys do do. Is that you have your Facebook page, um, officers save this baby officer that, and you know, pat on the back. I mean, that's, that's the a reality. great thing. It, but there, it there's is guys here that I've seen do incredible things that nobody yeah. will ever find out about. You know, it's yeah, yeah. That's uh, that. There's so much that that that's great. And I think if you do day foot patrol within the subs, like for example, like the vineyards and stuff like that, Dodge, you know, if you do more of that and there's presence in the foot patrol, and because it's full of Chaldean families. You're gonna meet and bump into people, and you'll be you're amazing how much you might open up interest yeah. from people. Kids seeing you, kids start yeah. talking to you. Mum comes out, dad comes out, son. Oh, you know what? Actually, listen. Here's really what it's all yeah. about. That's gonna open. Not police cars just driving around, suddenly stopping and whatever. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. I think that's one of the first times I met you was when I was doing core stuff. It was at an event. Yeah, it was an event eventually, and then obviously I did the ride along with you. Yeah. Um, and then bef- men, which. My very first ride along. You were along, the navigator. I was the navigator. There we go. That's what it was. <laughs> My very first ride along was uh, probably uh, 10, 12 years ago before um, with the um, Chief Reese. It was before, right? It was yeah. before that? Yeah. So um, I, I did that as well. And you know what? From that ride along to your ride along, changes there as well. Right. We actually went to an armed response to that. Because I, remember, I still remember that 17 and, the, uh, 17 and Ryan. Um, somebody was, I think, wasn't going out of a vehicle, um, and everyone came out and they had their guns on it. And which I'll tell you a very quick funny story because it's like from you guys. When I came here, when I first moved over, this is one big difference from the UK to the US policing. I uh, I was out. Obviously, we just got engaged, but we were set outside my grandparents' house. It was right here on 18 and Ryan. Um, we just sat in the car with my fiance at the time, you know, just talking so and so. So obviously, people had called the police. There's this car sitting outside idle you know what I mean so a police car pulls up behind us and I get out the car open the door get out the car first thing I hear is get back in the car but what did I do what did I do me not thinking that in the US you don't get out of the vehicle whereas in the UK you have to get out of the car that was one big thing 
So in the UK, you do not remain in the vehicle. Yeah, that's why it's important for us too, is to really educate ourselves on culture and things like that, especially living in a very diverse community or working in a very diverse community like this. You got you almost have to study culture. You yeah, know? you have to. You, you you didn't know that. I mean, that yeah. Everyone. Some people are not rude the way they talk because that's their culture. You know, I, I remember working as a flight attendant one time. Yeah, you know, did flight attendant as well. You. So you are James Bond. Oh aren't yeah, you? <laughs> flight attendant, driving instructor. You name it. I've done. It. I graduated from acting school. Um, but uh, I really did actually. I did my. Uh, did you eat my, those Biscoff cookies? Yeah, yeah. Great. Hold the on, ones on all, Delta, right? Is it cookie or it's a is it a biscuit? Biscuit. Don't say cookie. So you say biscuit. Biscuits. Okay. Tea, right. biscuits, crumpets. Okay. Water, all that stuff. So, what's the top biscuit you've ever had? Um, actually, I don't know the exact name, but it, they're the tin biscuits. They come in a tin, large okay. tin biscuits in the UK. That the bruise, you know, it's like oh, a shortbread. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. I would okay. Say. Yeah, right. You know. I I have some UK uh, chocolate candy. I'll bring you some. And here's why. Oh, it's weird you didn't bring any today. Uh, well, it hasn't <laughs> arrived yet. That's <laughs> okay, why. All right. Because the U because the UK may use real milk, not powdered milk. So there's a very big different taste. But I'll, I'll bring you guys some because I'm actually yeah. My delivery arrived, but I haven't picked up my delivery. <laughs> okay. Basically, um, that's a big difference. Um, but yeah, that's you know a lot of things that with the culture. So I'm saying as a flight attendant, so. W- Different cultures. You fly to Nigeria, you fly to India, you fly to Japan. Each one is completely different. So I learned a lot about different cultures. You know, like if you go to Nigeria, everyone's hissing at you. Yo, and they're, they're clicking their fingers at you. But that's normal. But if you hadn't studied the culture, you'd think somebody's being rude at you. They will never say please and thank you. It's all hissing. Yo, you, you, come here. Try that to a waitress or a waiter here. Yeah. Try snapping your go fingers. Well, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go well. That's another thing. Thank you for, you for saying that. Um... In the UK, there is no such thing as refills. There's no such, yeah, you don't get a, if you go to a restaurant and you order a Coke, you get that one Coke in a small glass. That's it. So it, you see less obesity in the, in the in the UK. I'm looking at you as I say this, but no. Oh, I'm thanks, not appreciate it. No, just, I'm not saying that you're a big one. Because you looked at me like, why are you looking at me? No. No, that, that just happens. No, nah, it's over, no big deal. No, you <laughs> happen to be my old eyeline. We're both, no. Um, uh, so basically, there's no refills. There's no there's small, small portions and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that, I, health-wise, I changed a lot coming to the to the U.S. I was a lot fitter. I was a lot better. Did you have hair then? I did. Okay. Just putting you know it out there. What? I mean, I have a beautiful head of hair. That's all I'm saying. Damn, you got me back. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have hair. I just wanted to say it in the radio because yeah, nobody can guy. see me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kevin still uses moose. Does he? I didn't know moose still existed. And one day he just whipped that moose out and I heard the... It's like, what is that? Just shaving cream? No, it's moose. Yeah. I lost my hair when I was 18. Really? Because it's funny. I don't know if it's a true story, but they tell you if you wear berets and... Hats and so almost since eighteen or thirteen, so I've always been in headgear. You were a big beret guy. Well, I had to wear it in the air force. The beret, yeah, you know. Oh, oh I thought you were talking about berries on your head, like berries, oh, like fruit berries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to say know what you've done before. To... <laughs> He's like the Chiquita <laughs> banana lady with all the fruit yeah. on her head. Yeah, fruit. <laughs> What's that called? The cornucopia. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm on vacation. I was going to say now I know your skin if your berries. Yeah, it is. It's very very good. Yeah, just squash berries on your skin. That's a good thing. Yeah, and then yeah, that's yeah. What are we doing here? Um, and I, I mentioned to you about the badge, right? I was telling you about the badge. I showed it to you. But oh, yeah. He's, you got, he's got his badge from the, from the UK. I didn't show it to you, but we have Braille on it, too. So if I am speaking to... So they think of everything. You know, if I am speaking to a blind person or something, then 
I identify myself this way and they feel it and this actually says police officer. See, well, you can read it. Do that. See, police officer. Oh, I totally can read it. Yeah. yeah well, there's an accent to it though. So you got to, yeah, it police officer. I never thought of that. Um, to identify, how do you identify yourself to a blind person here? I don't know. That's a, that's a serious question. I don't think I've encountered it. I mean, I haven't encountered yeah, it. I've probably used it a few times actually. I've had um, people that couldn't hear that were deaf, but I don't think I've ever encountered an issue with anybody like who's blind. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, or should we say visually impaired, we say, but uh, that's what we, uh, and we actually use this quite a lot. There's a lot of that you do that. Don't close that up yet. You got a picture of Officer McClellan in there. Just wanted to check that out if you want to show uh, <laughs> codes here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's me without hair. You see, well, okay. I mean, without beard, without hair. So it's all. We um, look just like one of our officers in that picture there. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it for this episode. So thank just want to say thank you again for coming. You've yeah, been great. You, I don't know if we're going to find someone to match that voice on the next one, but uh, maybe we got to get Sean Connery in here. Yeah. Sean James <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's going to wrap Thank it up you, for, uh, for this it. episode of Talking the Beat. We'll see you next time. See you. No, it's fine. I'm just going to angle it down towards his mouth. Yeah, no, that's good. And then I think we've run into... Get you in a stress position so yeah, we can interrogate you. <laughs> this is really an interrogation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we get all the information. <laughs>